Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Blush You, the podcast where you tell us your juiciest stories and we get to dish on them. I'm Callie, your co-host, and I'm here with my girl, Elise. Hello, everybody. Hello. Um, we have another guest today, but before we get to that, because I'm like so pumped about our guest today, um, let's just dig into sparkle time, which I couldn't think of my sparkle until like five minutes ago, but Elise, this is pretty funny, so I'm going to make you go first. Yeah, mine is hilarious. Honestly, I've been texting Callie every single day with updates, but as ever, if you tuned into last week's episode, you know, I'm like in the trenches of the worst time of my entire life. Mm -hmm. And so Carl and I thought that a good distraction would be a juice cleanse, a five day juice cleanse. And I want to just for the record, I want to let everyone know listening that I did not agree with this. No, no, no. I literally, when I told Callie, she's like, this is no. not, this is not good because that's, that's not it. That's not it, girl. Grief and being hangry is not good for anyone. Okay. I think I lasted six hours and I texted Callie and I'm like, have you ever done a juice cleanse? Cause I'm literally miserable. And she's like, no, this is the last thing your body needs. You need I mean, I've done it. I've done, I feel like, you know what? I feel like everyone needs to do one. And the funny thing is, is not to spoil this, but our guest today, I know has done one too, but I, cause I've actually talked to her about when I was doing mine and I was just like, this isn't natural. Like this no. isn't, this isn't okay. Like I'm glad that I did it so that I can, I have a foot to stand on when I'm telling you like, no, <laughs> like, not, not, no. not one part of it has been enjoyable. I lasted six hours and then Carl comes home. He's like, how's your day? I was like, fucking awful. How was yours? He's like, fucking awful. I'm like, okay, like what's going to make us feel better? And he's like, honestly, Chick-fil-A. And I'm like, let's get in the car and we're going. So we had Chick-fil-A our first night for dinner after our day one and pizza after day two. So it's been a fail, but it's, has brought me a lot of laughter because Carl will text me. Right, I said this to Callie, and he's gonna kill me for saying this, but oh, it was a screenshot. It wasn't even like just look, listen to what Carl's saying. So Carl, just so you know, I have the I have the receipts. Okay, so Carl. if you do anything, I have the receipts. Carl is like you know working a new job. He loves it. He's like doing you know custom home building for like mega mansions. It's like super Yeah, cool. for rich people. I see the Instagram photos and I'm like, all right, noted. It's insane. It's insane. But he go, he's like, obviously goes to all of his clients' homes and he's texting me like in a panic because he's going to shit his pants because he drank the ultimate destroyer juice, which is literally like beets and ginger. And like, you can't not, I mean, he's just like, I don't know what to do. I'm literally trying not to shit my pants. And it's just like, then it pops In these up. rich people's homes. Yeah. Like, this, this toilet is worth more than my entire life. I can't it's go like, to the bathroom here. It's like dumb and dumber where he had, he's like literally exploding because he had like the, I think that he like, put, I can't get through that movie. I know everyone's going to hate me now. I can't oh get God. through it. I can't do it. It's not my sense of humor. I swear. I'm not like one of those stuck up people. That's like, that's not funny. It's like, I find really dumb things funny. I don't know what's wrong with me. I, I know I, we just lost half our subscribers. Yeah. Damn it, Callie. <laughs> Sorry. No, I don't think it's like Sue. I mean, I'm kind of like, it takes a lot for me to like laugh in a movie, but it's, there's just one part where he like goes to this girl's house that he's like super into, but like the other guy, like, I think he puts like eye drops in his drink or sus or no, he gives, oh, him, laxatives. Yes. Okay. He gives him laxatives and then he's yeah. literally shitting his pants in like this rich home. And then the toilet doesn't flush. 
Okay, gross. And I, I know. feel like this is hitting close to home because I'm, Elise told me that I need to start drinking celery juice in the morning, which I'm a psycho and actually enjoy the taste. But it's also a cleanser. And so we started recording this podcast an hour earlier than I would have liked. So <laughs> let's just, let's just, you know, keep going through to make sure that this doesn't trigger anything uncomfortable. Oh my God. Yeah. Callie and I popped on and I'm like, I'm not convinced I'm not going to shit my pants during this recording. And she's like, wait, me too. I'm wait, like, too. Oh God. Oh, wait, well, so what's the sparkle in all this that like make- oh make humor out of shitty situations yeah the, the, like basically lean on your spouse and make fun of them to get you through a hard time okay challenge accepted oh, <laughs> i could do bad. that andrew here i can okay i like that it's no you've i think humor is one of the most resilient things that we can mm-hmm. rely on during tough times and i think a lot of people are like wait like you know, you're, this is like so dramatic and so horrible and so awful. We shouldn't be laughing. And it's like, no, that's exactly what should, you should be mm-hmm, doing. Mm-hmm. I remember in grad school, my favorite professor who everyone else thought was like total quack. And I like was obsessed with her, but she would always say humor is the one thing that can bring perspective to any situation. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, yes, like, I don't want to be afraid to make a joke during a counseling session. I don't want to be afraid yeah. to lighten the mood. Like not everything has to be horrible and you can still learn really important life lessons and get through your grief while laughing like humor does not mean that you're avoiding something Mm -hmm. so i feel strongly about that i think maybe some people will disagree i don't care i love it okay i'm gonna go into my sparkle which is like kind of like boring but actually it's not boring this is great so we got into I feel like my life is boring and I woke up to this news. So I guess I'm still processing it, but we got into the app store, which sounds really silly because most listening are like, what do you mean you're not in the app store? We were in beta and we've been working on this for two years. So we like worked on the actual app. We got into beta. Everyone started using it, but we've been in beta for a year, um, almost like to the date actually, which is kind of crazy. So it's just been a long process. And just so you know, like I'm, Look, I'm a fan of Apple in the sense that I have an iWatch that won't update. Like, what the? F- I can't delete any more apps on my iWatch. Tim Cook, what the hell do you want me to do? Okay, like, I want the new up. Ugh. And I have an iPhone, and like, you know, I'm recording this on an iMac. Like, yeah, okay, I'm all in, whatever. But they were going to take 30% of no. our revenue for anyone who signed up with the app, which is insane for a small business. And I mean, like, I guess we qualify as that, whatever. We're like a medium, bit. I don't, whatever, whatever we are. It doesn't matter. Like, no. I want to pay my coaches a decent amount for their work. I want a little bit of, you know, wiggle room for things that come up. We have to be able to pay for the tech, marketing, uh, overhead. I don't know. I would like to eat food as well. (laughs) Like that would be nice. So it's just kind of crazy that they thought they were entitled to 30% for just being a platform. Yeah. So there's this New York times reporter that actually came out and did this story, like this expose. And he like, of course, interviewed like, you know, not blush, but it was like class pass and all these like giants. And of course they were like dying too, but I'm sitting here like, okay, yeah. Titans of industry sucks for y'all. But what about like, any business, like any small business that wants to create an app and go on the app store, like it's absolutely impossible unless your margins are insane. And if your margins are insane, then you're probably not paying people what they're worth. Mm -hmm. So the whole thing was just infuriating. But anyway, the article, I think they were really scared of an antitrust 
lawsuit, they still might get one. I think Fortnite came after them too, that video game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of cool when you're watching like other people go to bat for you and it's like, yeah, I'm going to benefit too. So they came down to 15%, which is much more doable. I mean, I still kind of think it's BS. I think it should be around between like five and 10, but 15 is doable. So anyway, whole point is we got into the app store I don't really have a sparkle for them coming down on their prices because that's just BS. And I just think the whole thing's stupid and I can't find meaning out of it. But I will say that I think what I'm getting out of this is that if what you're doing is making you happy, but frustrated, don't give up. Like frustration is something that I think we can all work through that. I think we can all, you know, push through and yes, it's annoying, but we all understand it unhappiness is different. So whenever we're recording this podcast and we get these letters, a theme that comes up is should basically, should I give up and do something else or should I keep going? And I think everyone thinks we're going to be like, keep going, you can do it. But when we get a sense that someone's not happy, right? Which is what we talked about on the last podcast. That's a deal breaker. Usually Mm -hmm. that's when we're going to say, dump out of it. What are you holding on for? But blush makes me happy. Like as frustrating as it can be, as annoying as this process can be, how it, she can be slower than Christmas sometimes. Like she makes me happy, but just really frustrated. So, so the fact that we're in the app store is a huge victory and I'm really glad. I mean, not that I would have given up. I don't really have a choice, but it just feels nice to be like, oh yeah, even if I had wanted to give up, it's, it's worth it to hold on and things are going to work out. Maybe. I hope so. Yes, they will. It's yeah. so exciting. We need to like have a celebration. Yeah. So by the time this airs, you can actually like search and and the app is going to be for clients only meaning it's not functional. If you're not a blush client that might change in the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now that we're in the app store, I have so many ideas for like Mm -hmm. where this can go and what we can do. And Oh my gosh, I'm like bouncing off the walls and I have to pick what direction I want to go in, which I'm not good at. (laughs) But anyway, to be determined. So Let's go into the letter, but before we do, I want to bring our guest on. So today we have a friend of mine who also happens to be a badass career expert. And like, now you're getting a sense of what we're about to go into. I read this letter and I was like, Hmm, I wonder what my friend Manise would say. Like, hmm. and then I was like, wait, why am I wondering? Like, I can just have her on the podcast. <laughs> Like she could just be a guest. Why the hell not? So this is our first guest who's not a blush coach, which should signify to everyone like the importance of her presence and how much I value her opinion. So Manise, come on, girl. I want you to introduce yourself before we Yay. get into the letter. Um, since I need new business cards, I think badass career expert is definitely in the running for the title. Um, yes! Thank you both, by the way, for having me. I super appreciate it. Um, I'll start with what my actual title is, and it's a bit of a mouthful, but I am right now a career development leader for a global organization at Amazon within their cloud computing division, Amazon Web Services. So all of that is a lot of jargon, and what it's really code for is I'm helping all our cloud consultants figure out how do they have meaningful career paths and how do we match that up with the organization's goals, right? Because sometimes people have careers and they're happy in them, but that may not be in service of the company and what they're trying to do. And more often than not, it's actually the reverse situation where the company is trying to get done what it needs to get done, 
but maybe isn't creating the best opportunities for their people. So I'm trying to solve that problem. I do have to give the sort of awkward disclaimer that I am not here on behalf of my company. Um, so there's that. But uh, I've also developed career coaching programs in the past um, and consider myself a workforce strategist. So I do like the people side of it, which is why I'm here with you today, um, even though oftentimes I'm on the company side. So this is exciting. That's yeah. so cool. So I know, right? She's like a blush coach for Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of what it sounds like to me. It's like, I help people meet their full potential within the umbrella of an organization. And it's like, Ooh, that sounds familiar. <laughs> Amazing. I'm so excited to see what you have to say about this. So Elise, I want to hear the letter. Let's go. Yes. This is a long letter, which you know that we love long letters because the longer they are, the more details, but I'm going to take a deep breath and get into it. So dear blush, I have been a dedicated listener of the blush you podcast, and I'm so grateful to have your advice and tough love in my life. I'm a college student in the middle of a quarter life crisis. For most of my life, I was an extremely high achiever. I chose a small college with a strong and well-regarded English program because I thought I wanted to chase an intellectual and impressive life. My freshman year of college before COVID hit was kind of terrible. I experienced loneliness, social anxiety, and an identity crisis. I was extremely high achieving and 100% known for it in high school. I didn't know who I was in this new environment and didn't feel rooted or connected to the people or the school. Going home because of COVID offered me a reset. I was able to step away and start to take care of my mental health and practice better self-care. At school, I'd been doing late nights and early mornings and a whole lot of coffee. Coming back home, I started doing yoga, meditating, and making time for myself. I thought this reset would last forever and that I'd come back to school energized and refreshed, ready to take on my sophomore year and beyond. That didn't happen. I did make more, a few more friends, but I don't feel connected to them or like we have a meaningful relationship. My parents have tried to reassure me that a lot of friends in college are just people you hang out with, but I find that idea super unsatisfying and don't know if I want to do two more years of feeling disconnected. Additionally, I feel lost in my career path. I'm a two-wing three and an INFJ. The things I thought I was interested in, like writing, are not feeling joyful or inspiring. I want to go into a helping profession like teaching, social work, counseling, or some other person-focused work. The small school I'm at is primarily focused on the liberal arts and is not an option to major in education, social work, or anything practical. I feel like I'm in a waiting room at my school, desperately waiting for the rest of my life to begin. I feel like I'm not working towards anything at the moment, and I spend so much time dreaming of a future beyond this moment. So here's my predicament. Should I stay or should I go? I could stick it out two more years at the liberal arts school where I currently am, being a little lonely, feeling unmotivated, but staying on this path. This is what my parents want me to do and what I feel like I'm expected to do, but I admittedly feel a sense of dread thinking about making it through these next two years. If I leave, my best option would be transferring to a state school with one of my closest friends. My friend would absolutely love to have me there, and I know that would make the transition easier. To an outsider, this would be a downgrade as, I, as I'd be moving from a prestigious school to a larger, less impressive one. I hate even using the words prestigious and impressive here. Eek. I love 
your episode about ambition, and I feel like I could certainly reconceptualize my definition of it and embrace a quieter life, but I have no idea what to do. My parents and friends think I'm giving up on my passion for writing and an intellectual life. They don't love the idea of me transferring, especially if it means going into a less impressive profession in their eyes, like teaching third grade. I'm a total overthinker and someone with tons of ideas. I've cycled through so many random career options like joining the FBI, being a nurse, or opening a bakery. It's not exactly that I'm flighty or flaky, but I definitely have lots of ideas. I'm worried people will think I'm going through a phase if I decide to give up on my current path and leave. I know objectively if I'm unhappy, I should leave, but blush, I'm such a people pleaser. I panic about I panic thinking about how to explain this decision or get the people in my life on board. Sorry for sending such a long message. I'm so appreciative of any advice you can give me about how to navigate the quarter life crisis. Y'all are amazing. Thank you. From spiraling 20 something. Oh boy. I know. (laughs) Boy. Okay. So I just want to preface this by saying that all three of us went to a state school. So we're, we're unimpressive, be, Callie. Yeah, we're not. We're not impressive. No, not according to her, but according to her parents. I don't think her parents would approve of us, which I'm fine with because I'm a little taken aback as to how vocal her parents have been about her choices, and also how we've painted a picture here about how liberal arts private school good well-rounded state school bad like mm-hmm. it's honestly blowing my mind um and I just I, I think I forget people think this or feel like that um so I'm gonna have to like really wrap my head around that but yeah I mean I, I'm not I don't think I'm understanding why she wants to stay I don't think she does want to stay and I think the whole thing about it is she believes that other people are going to judge her if she does not stay. And she has one example she can point to, which are her parents. Um, I don't think she comes across as flighty or flaky at all. This is the time for ideas. She's what, 20? This is sophomore. Is that 20? I guess I was 19. So yeah, like 19 or 20. this This is the time to dream. This is the time to have a million ideas. This is the time to be like, am I gonna become a pastry chef or a nurse or a counselor? Um, I'm just, I'm, I think my overwhelming feeling right now is just so much sympathy mm-hmm. because like, I just, I hate that she is struggling with this decision when, and in my opinion, this is an exciting time for her. She's at a crossroads. Do I want to choose myself or do I want to choose other people's vision of what they have for me? Totally. And I am always going to champion being herself. So it's clear what I would tell her to do. Um, state school all the way, baby. Like go, go, be, <laughs> go be with your bestie girl. Like go have some fun, go explore those majors. I didn't even declare my major until I was like spring semester of my sophomore year. I didn't, I did the same thing. I was taking PR classes and like, I was all over the map and I don't think that makes me flaky. I think that makes me, <clears throat> I don't know. I was like very um, educated on what it was I was choosing because I had taken so many different options and I got to explore. So I want to bring Manise in. I'm so curious as to what you got from this letter and what you're thinking. There are so many layers, right? First of all, full disclosure, as Callie said, I went to a, a large state school. 
but I actually also had the benefit of being in a small liberal arts honors program within that state school. So I kind of got the best of both worlds, right? I got the kind of tiny intellectual waxing poetic experience. Uh, while Were also you in plan two? The, no, I was in English honors. Oh, um, English honors. Okay. My a husband, lesser oh. known, but more niche. Program. Oh, got it. And by the way, sorry to interrupt you, Manize. Um, so Andrew Manize and I all went to UT, hook them, right. and all met through student government. So like nerd squad is here to bail you out, girl. That's right. <laughs> and um, um, clearly I was not in an honors program. So Andrew and Manize are slightly smarter than me, but that's okay. Manize, not even going. close. No. So, you know, I'm, I'm reading a couple things into this letter, right? The first is, who do I want to be when I grow up? And the first uh, sort of myth that I want to bust is you never stop answering that question. And whatever you decide as soon as you get out of college is not the rest of your life. That's true before, but I think now particularly the workforce has changed where we accept frequent career changers. We accept the fact that people may leave a job after a year or even before a year. Um, these were all sort of unspoken rules in the past where even if you're unhappy, you have to stay for two years because that's what looks good on your resume. Mm -hmm. That stuff is just not true anymore. I mean, you think about when Callie and I went to school, the nature of what kind of jobs existed has changed so drastically. Like we didn't have an Uber. Imagine how much easier 6th Street would have been if we had Uber, I, right? There's, we wouldn't have had to take the e-bus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's I would have, I would, that would have been great, even <laughs> though I, maybe I shouldn't have been taking Ubers because I definitely use. Uh, we'll jump out of jump out jump out it's fine <laughs> exactly so right so the idea is that you know what you decide when you leave college is not for forever mm -hmm. and you can always make changes the second myth i would say that there is is what you study in college is super relevant or determines some path in your life um you know we're now in a very skills-based or competency-based economy, meaning if you can do the job, regardless of your credential, um, it doesn't really matter, right? So I'm reading into a lot of things in this letter where she's saying stuff like, I want to be an intellectual or have an intellectual career. A, that's so funny because I'm, I feel myself and I see myself in this person so much. And what I've discovered is that you can find intellectual aspects of your job and I can guarantee you that they're not going to be in your job description, right? Like you can find avenues through your job or career path that help fulfill those needs or help kind of scratch that itch. And you also still kind of have to make money because I don't remember the last time I went to Starbucks and paid with my intellect, right? Like there's a app on my phone that someone scanned a QR code and was like, okay, you have doll hairs in here. So, you know, you kind of have to think about what am I okay with on a day-to-day -day basis in terms of what I want to do in my job? And do I have to find fulfillment during the day or could I also be finding fulfillment at night through other kind of hobbies or passions or activities that I pursue? That's kind of the first thing. And then I would say the second thing is people who want to pursue these sort of um, you know, people-oriented professions, whether it's social work or, I mean, I'm talking to you coaches right here, but you know, that stuff takes a lot of emotional energy. And that was one of the best lessons I learned in college when I did a lot of social justice advocacy work is there's such a thing as burnout. And when you pour yourself into other people day in and day out, you are at such high risk of burnout that you're not very useful to anybody at that point. So I definitely always want people to think 
think carefully about, could I be helping people in a way that's not necessarily my day job? Um, and what is my tolerance uh, for, for doing kind of emotional work? And these are all things that you're not going to be able to answer by yourself at this age. Uh, these are things that you're going to learn through trial and error as you, as you start trying different things. So I've overcome her fear of what I decide today determines the rest of my life because that's just, that's just not the case. I totally, totally agree. And yeah, I like what you said about the helping profession, how you really have to be eyes wide open about what you're getting yourself into and about how it can be draining. And my one note on that is what was her name again? Spiraling 20 something. Um, girl, you're going to have to honor yourself and your values and your needs and your wants before you even think about going into a profession where you're going to help others. Mm -hmm. Um, because clients can smell that. Like if, if you are not centered and you are not grounded and you are not walking the walk and talking the talk and look, that's not to say Lisa and I are perfect. Clearly y'all know that because you're listening to this podcast and you know, we are hot messes, but at least we're trying, right. And we are attempting to live our life to the most authentic. And I can't say the same for this letter writer yet. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's not to say that the potential isn't there, but girl, you're going to have to make sure that you start choosing yourself. And even if that means, yeah, I want to go into social work. Okay, great. Or you want to teach third grade. It doesn't matter what society thinks about your choice. You have to think that it's a good choice and you have to decide this is what fulfills me. And like Manise said, which I love, like you can still be an intellectual mm -hmm. without the degree. Um, Elise, what are you thinking? So many things. I like love everything that both of you have said so far. And I think, you know, I think she already knows what she wants to do. Every time that I identified like a hurdle, it was other, someone else's perception or opinion of what she's doing. Like, I really got the sense. She said, like, I want to go into a helping profession. Like I want to go be with my friend, but, and then after the, but was where the hurdle came in. So I really think, I mean, I think on some level, we all have that internal guide and the guide always directs us in the direction that's going to be right for us, whether or not you listen to that and how attuned you are to that is huge because the first thing that's going to drown out that noise is prioritizing other people's opinions about what you're doing, you know, caring a lot about, you know, what your parents think about all of it and your friends and your teachers and, you know, how society is going to see you. So I think that there's a lot of layers to this for sure. Yeah. I'll point out something uh, that I learned and as someone who sort of straddles the line between F and T myself, you're right. I think she knows in her gut, right? And that's, that's what she's supposed to do is use that sort of intuition to figure out what, um, what she wants to do next. And I think, you know, the people pleasing aspects of what do my parents think? What do other people think? Some of that never goes away, but mm -hmm. you know, my parents, I'm a first generation um, American. My parents immigrated from Bangladesh and they had really clear cut expectations of here's what it means to be successful. Here's the path to get there. There's a reason people say doctor, lawyer, engineer, and I managed to escape that. But the, the reason they say that is because that's their view of 
of what they think is how you get from point A to point B, mm-hmm. not because uh, you know option C is wrong. And so that's the other thing to think about too is how can I also help educate the folks around me about almost alternative alternative paths to success, right? Because it's not always so clear cut. Um, you see people who've become billionaires and have made a fortune because they developed an app, mm-hmm. right? We live in a very different world now where success can be achieved through a multitude of ways. So um, hopefully that's another way for her to think about it. I could not agree more. And it, it brings me to my next point, like perfectly. I feel like you just like teed me up. I, I ha I would be remiss not to point out that she said she's a two wing three. And I think that three is really what's tripping her up as, as a fellow three Enneagram, we want, we want to be successful. We achievement is a big deal to us, especially when we're in a very unhealthy place. We even like draw ourselves to status things. So I know that when I'm really, really stressed out, I'm like, well, it would be fine if I just had like a nicer car, had a nicer place to live or had nice. It's like, it is the most irrational thing. And I finding out I was a three helped me out so much. And I like, I like, I don't know, I might be a four too. I'm definitely a four wing. Like there's a lot going there on there, but I definitely identify strongly with a three and I'm here to tell you that do not let that three wing dictate your life. Um, you taught, you know, I know that you mentioned that you loved, um, the ambition uh, podcast, but so I am glad that you listened to that, but I'm, I'm here to tell you, Manise is a perfect example. I think of what you should, should really look at because as she mentioned, she went to a state school, she did the liberal arts degree, and now she's kicking ass at Amazon, but she is still in a helping role. Like you're going to be able to like make sure that you can find an ambitious angle, right? For your career, even if it's not the traditional path. Does that make sense? I think that makes sense. Yeah. And and, you know, the other thing I would say too, and the advice I give to a lot of people, especially early in career folks is you have to figure out how are you wired, right? These are the things about yourself that you can't change. And then what do you want to do and what can you actually learn as a skill? Because that will help shape what it is that you actually do for a living. And the number one thing after that is how are you telling the story, right? Everything is about a narrative. So if you're going to choose to major in English, like I did, my degrees are in English honors and women's and gender studies. And then I went from college to Accenture, a giant management consulting firm. I was able to actually explain how my reading and writing skills would help me in the business world. I was able to explain how student government actually helped me understand organizational structures and design. You know, it's all about how do you convince somebody that you actually have what it takes to do a job, whether it's because of how you're naturally wired or because of things that you've learned how to do. So I think so long as you have that ability, and there's lots of people out there, whether they're career coaches or resume writers or whatever, who can help you frame that up, it almost doesn't, not that it doesn't matter what you study or how you go about your career path, but it really is more about how do you tell it in a compelling way that will set you up for the next thing. So all that is to say, study what you want. Like my strategy was, I love English. I want to get good grades. And the only way I'll get good grades is by doing something that I love and am passionate about. And then I'll kind of figure it out later. And not everyone is is comfortable with that level of ambiguity as a type A person. It's sort of contradictory. But mm-hmm. I think 
start by thinking about what is your end goal and then work backwards from there. And also know that two things can be true at once. I think a lot of what I read out of the letter too was if, if this happens, then this other thing cannot happen. And I think you just have to remember that you can do many things at once. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love I, that. I live in a world of and and not in a world of or. Elise, jump in, girl. Yeah, no, the, I think that speaks to that scarcity mindset 100%, a scarcity mindset versus a growth mindset. And I think what Manise just touched on was, you know, that whole perspective alleviates so much of the pressure that she's putting on herself. Like, yes, it obviously sounds like she's having pressure from parents and friends and everybody has a perspective, not directive. Shout out to Jenna. This is a perfect opportunity to, you know, have that come into play here. Like everyone's going to have a perspective on your life, but it's your decision whether or not to make that a directive. Right. And I think having that you know, perspective of like everything that I'm doing, as long as it's in line with like what I want is gonna lead you in the right direction. Even if you can't see past right now, you know, I completely agree. I, I really, really do. And I think I, I have two thoughts that I've got to blurt out. Otherwise I'm going to be so regretful. And one of them is, I think you're putting way too much emphasis on where you go to school and what you study. And Manise has touched on that, but I'm here to tell you, no one fucking cares. And, and I hate to say it like that, but even as even as someone who does hiring, and Manise, you can probably speak to this too. Um, and Elise, you help me with hiring. So whenever I look at a blush candidate, I do look at where you went to school. I, I do. I want to make sure that I at least can, I don't know, recognize the school. If I don't, I, I want to know a little bit about it. Um, and once I figure that out, I, it kind of leaves my mind. I don't really care because honestly, I, I don't, I, you, who you are as an individual is what I get excited about. Mm -hmm. So can you connect with someone? Are you engaging? It, are the metaphors that you're bringing up when you're talking to me in an interview, do I think they're going to be able to apply to a coaching session? Are you someone that I want to talk to? Do I feel safe with you? I mean, these things outweigh where someone went to school way more. And so if you come in front of me and you're like, I went to Yale and then the conversation ends and you don't know how to connect with me and I don't feel safe with you, you're not getting hired. I could give yeah. two shits where you went to school or what you studied because to me, the individual comes first and then the credentials come second, right? And mm -hmm. of course, yes, I require a master's in counseling. There's obviously a reason for that. I want to make sure that my coaches know what they're doing and are trained for those edge case situations. Um, but, but that's just, you know, other than that, I really don't care. And I, I will never forget when I was in grad school and I was doing resume building, um, like a, for practice to build my resume, to go get a job. And I put my GPA on my resume cause I worked hard for it. And my advisor wrote juvenile in all caps, red ink. And I was so mortified. And I, I still like, don't totally agree with her. Cause I was like, what's the point of getting all A's if I'm not able to t say that I got all A's, but what she's saying is no one cares, mm -hmm. like grow up. No one cares. You get your first job. And then everyone wants to talk about that instead. Um, so I, I really want you to kind of take a step back and realize the second you graduate, no one's going to care. Um, and then the second thing is I want to come back to my sparkle, uh, which it's funny because I wasn't pumped about my sparkle, but now it's actually becoming really relevant, mm -hmm. which is you don't sound happy to me. 
Um, if, if I'm reading this letter and I'm getting happiness, but frustration, which I know in the first podcast I talked about, like, I don't feel bad for 20 somethings who come to me and they're like, my life's so hard. And it's like, yeah, no shit. Your life's hard. Like you're trying to set up your life for your thirties. And let me tell you, your thirties are a lot better than your twenties because you have so much stuff figured out, but yeah, it takes work to get there. So I don't feel bad for you. I feel bad for you because you don't, it doesn't seem like you're even having any fun. I mean, I had fun in college, girl. Like, yeah, I went to a sh- apparently a bad state school. Okay, you know what? I went to UT and everyone freaking knows UT is the best. So <laughs> never mind. But like, I had a blast while I was also getting a degree in psychology that sure ended up helping me doing what I was doing. But like, I'm not a counselor anymore. <laughs> Notice that. Like, I'm technically not. I wouldn't really hold myself out as that anymore. So I'm not even doing what I studied, even though it seems like it's, the same, but it's not. I'm running a business. I didn't learn how to run a business. I still don't yeah. know. What I'm doing. So, point is, is if I was getting happiness with frustration in here, I'd say keep going. It's fine. It's going to work out. I'm not getting an ounce of happiness for you. So, so what are we doing? Yeah, like, that's just my question. What, what are we doing, girl? Preach. I agree. I agree. I don't know. No, I I think that's exactly right. And, and honestly, you know, to Callie's point, you're right. No one does care about what school you're at five years down the road, 10 years down the road. For some industries, they are picky that first year, but even they're changing their minds, right? Like you see all the giant investment banks that are like, oh, uh, we should actually go recruit at HBCUs, right? I mean, you're now seeing a monumental shift in the way we look at talent because we're discovering that when you start making restrictions based on school or GPA, you're actually introducing bias into the process, right? That's where the issues with diversity actually start is in that resume screening process because you're saying, oh, you went to ABC elite schools. That means you're a good fit for us. And guess what? Usually that, that profile is pretty consistent in terms of how they look. So yeah, exactly. It's, it's not going to matter in the long run. And the biggest thing I can say is once you leave school, make that first job meaningful. That doesn't mean, again, it's going to be the the job you do for the rest of your life, but make it something that you're excited about and make it something that you know it will help you get the second job, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever that is. Um, it's, it's not, this is not the end all be all, but make it a really good first step. And that could be a million different options. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love, I love that so much. And I'm so happy to hear you say that big companies, like, remember, we're talking about Amazon here. Okay. Manise's got like a freaking big girl job. And I'm so happy to hear that companies like that are realizing, Hey, when we recruit at the same school over and over again, we get the same person over and over again. So how can we really champion diversity and get eclectic ideas into our corporation? If we just keep plucking the same white dude out of Harvard, like I'm, I'm so grateful that you you brought that up because that just gives me so much hope and optimism for honestly for gen z and really for millennials too like i i hope that we're able to have opportunities that other generations didn't have because you know maybe millennials are starting to run them and realizing that college isn't the end all be all well you know the other fun thing i'll say about gen z in particular is they're actually changing the way employers are looking at hiring because now gen z is asking questions like what are your company's values and what do you do to help the world i've seen gen z students turn down offers because the company that they're interviewing with didn't support black lives matter 
they don't support sustainability or environmental causes. I mean, these are things that now companies are coming out with statements on because new and early in career talent is saying these things matter to me when it comes to where I choose to work. And that's a very, we're at a very unique point in time, especially for the workforce. COVID made a huge impact, right? You're seeing a lot of remote work. Um, you're seeing people issue more social justice or socially conscious statements. Um, a lot of times talent doesn't understand that they're in the driver's seat, right? We're looking for you as much as you're looking for us. And that's where I think, um, you know, people are at a, job seekers are at a potentially bigger advantage these days. Yeah. They're, I mean, they're, Gen Z is guiding with their values and spiraling 20 something. That's what we're telling you to do. You've got to approach this by following your values and not your parents' values or not some stranger's values at a cocktail party that maybe isn't impressed with the college you went to. I mean, by the way, my business partner didn't go to college, did not go. And you know what he did instead? He started working when he was 18 in tech and in real estate. So he could get to the point where he could basically buy me out of a percentage of my company and help mentor me too. I mean, yeah, I, I coach him on a lot of things, but he mentors me a ton um, because he's got a leg up. He's a little bit younger than me, but he spent four years educating himself on business when I was partying. So, <laughs> I mean, I was also studying, but let's be real. I was having a good time. So I just, I just want you, yeah, to be, to be mindful of that, that you need to follow your values. And if your values dictate your path, you're going to end up exactly where you need to be. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I like love all of these things. I think that we like with everything that was said, it's going to give her a lot to like take and digest and move forward. Just like, you know, with the empowerment and encouragement to like do what's going to make her happy. Mm -hmm. I know. Part of me was like, maybe you should reach out to people like Manise that like in your network that like, I don't know, studied English, but ended up in different places. But honestly, mm -hmm. I don't even want you to do that because I think that the, the advice that I want to leave you with is just go inward. Yeah. Don't go outward. Like, I'm glad that you wrote to us, but like now that we've given you all our thoughts, go inward and listen to your own intuition and listen to yourself. That that's what Elise was saying earlier. Like you already know, we know that, you know, so start listening to yourself and realize that that voice is more powerful than any of the white noise around you, even if it's coming from people you love. Okay. The people that love you and that, and who you love don't always know what's best for you. That's not their fault, mm -hmm. but you just have to let them off the hook and realize oh, not for me. I'm going to do what's best for me. Preach. I love it. Yes. Okay. So without further ado, if you would like to explore your career. At blush. I wish Manise was a coach, but alas, she's a coach for Amazon. <laughs> I'm never going to stop saying that, Manise. I'm really sorry. Um, Option but number two for a business code. <laughs> Badass career expert and blush coach for Amazon. Um, but seriously, come, come on board, like work with a coach, figure this stuff out. This is hard shit. Okay. This isn't stuff that clicks into place overnight. So use promo code blush you all caps um, for 25% off your first month and like, come work with us. And then of course, if you want to write in your dilemma and remember, we love these long ass letters. I'm serious. Spiraling 20 something. Brava, Missy. Yes. You did a great job. All the details, all the context, um, write into blush you at joinblush.com. We will read it. We will record it. And maybe we'll have an amazing guest just like Manize come in 
and give her your best as well, because we're just, we just love it. And thank you guys for having me. Yay. Right. All right, guys, we'll see you next time. Bye.